This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle Podcast. This is our first podcast of 2023. And as we're recording this, it is Monday in the evening on the 16th of Jan. And we have a special guest who's going to talk to us about being a servant and servant leadership. So today we have Donald Wallenfang, who's going to tell us about this a little more. But before that, Donald, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Thanks so much, Pamela. It's really an honor to be invited to be on your podcast, the Christian Circle Podcast. So yeah, I'm Donald Wallenfang, husband of 22 and a half years to my wife, Megan, and father of six children, ages 21 down to seven. One girl, who's the oldest, and five boys. And my wife, Megan, and I also are secular discalced Carmelites, Third Order Carmelites uh, in the Reform Order of St. Teresa of Avila. Mm -hmm. And I serve as Professor of Theology and Philosophy at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit. And also I founded an online ministry called My Interior Castle after the classic work of St. Teresa of Avila, The Interior Castle, that strives to cultivate the contemplative life Mm -hmm. for the sake of effective Catholic evangelization in the church. And finally, by the grace of God, I've published 12 books to date on the topics of human personhood, sacramental theology, Mm -hmm. phenomenology, metaphysics, Catholic evangelization, Mm -hmm. Carmelite spirituality, Mm -hmm. and even an autobiography narrating my personal conversion story. Okay, great. In fact, what uh, drew me to your website, because um, of course, you know, we've all tried to read My Interior Castle and, um, you know, we all struggle with with finishing that book. But the thing is, my uncle is also a Carmelite priest um, in Prague. Uh, where the wow. church which which houses the um, the infant Jesus. So uh, I was very drawn to your website and then uh, you know to find out that you're you're, you're third order uh, discussed Carmelite. So I was very, very interested. And uh, you wrote an entire post about servant leadership. So first of all, right. we have we are in a world where everybody wants to be a leader but nobody wants to serve. So what does it mean mm. to be a servant? And why should we be servant-like? Sure, yeah, this is a great question. And I really like how you just put it. There's so many people that want to lead, but very few that want to serve. This concept of servant leadership, I think, is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And so first, to be a servant, I think the best one to look to is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He is the servant par excellence. And like he says in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 20 to his apostles, he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So studying the life of Jesus, we find that here is someone who lives for the other. The key word, I think, is for. To be a Mm -hmm. servant means to exist for the other, to be available 
and to attend to another person. And more concretely, it can mean to provide for and even to feed another person. And to be a servant is to live in responsibility for the other person facing me. Mm. To serve the other is one of the fundamental meanings of love. And we should live as servants to each other because the alternative is to live selfishly, enslaved by the ego. Mm -hmm. So you wrote in your blog post, there are certain qualities of a servant, right? So what are those qualities of a servant? Yeah, so in this blog post on my website, myinteriorcastle.com, on servant leadership in the church, I drew these from the work of Robert K. Greenlee. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. was a man who lived from 1904 to 1990. He worked for AT&T mm-hmm. for 38 years mm-hmm. and published his first essay on servant leadership in 1970 entitled The Servant as Leader. Mm-hmm. And Greenleaf argued that the best leaders were servants first mm-hmm. and that servant leaders are characterized by listening, persuasion, intuition, foresight, effective use of language, Mm -hmm. practical measurements of outcomes, and Mm -hmm. personal presence. Mm -hmm. Greenleaf was the founder of the modern servant leadership movement, at least as known in the United States, and the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership. And there's a great website connected to his uh, foundation, greenleaf.org, I believe is the URL. Mm But uh, in this blog post, I also give a little more information from the work of Greenleaf, these qualities of the servant leader. Mm-hmm. The servant leader is servant first, mm-hmm. making sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served first. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's thinking that if I'm in a leadership position, I'm there to serve. Yeah. If I have power in a community or organization, the power is meant to be put at the service of other Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it becomes very narcissistic and egocentric. Mm -hmm. So a servant leader automatically responds to a problem by listening first, building Mm -hmm. strength in other people. Mm -hmm. The servant always accepts and empathizes never rejects, Mm. is not an idea squasher, you could Mm. say. And a servant leader exercises their power through persuasion and Mm. example, not just commanding people what to do, but tries to create opportunities and alternatives so that individuals may choose and build autonomy. A servant leader empowers other people they work with Mm. and wants them to contribute out of their unique character and gifts to the whole. Mm. And finally, a servant leader is always open, aware Mm. of, and has accepted the risks to Mm. one's own interpersonal self, as well as the judgment of the outside world. These risks that go with disposing oneself to receive the communications from any source that add to strength. Mm. So uh, a real servant leader is not selective where these various insights are going to come from that are going to add to strength. They're going to be listening all the way to the margins of Mm -hmm. a community and even anticipating that some of the best 
ideas are going to come from maybe the most unsuspecting places. Mm-hmm. So I know this is uh, probably not part of the list, but it's a very broad and a very um, a very rich list of qualities that a person would need, right? So um, how does someone actually go about uh, especially spiritually preparing and practicing or embodying any of these qualities? Yes, I think from a Christian perspective, uh, constantly studying the life of Christ mm. by reading his Gospels, seeing how he interacts with people, how he talks with people, how he dialogues. It's so interesting that when Jesus is asked a question, he often responds with a question. Mm. That's what a servant leader does. A servant leader is very good at asking questions mm. and empowering people to find the answer through self-discovery, mm. through looking mm. to their own resources. Mm. And this is Jesus. So studying his life, studying the lives of saints, mm-hmm. who all are servants in their own way, these men and women who live lives of heroic virtue, studying all of this and and being a person of prayer, having a spiritual discipline in one's life mm-hmm. and growing in all the virtues like mm-hmm. self-mastery. And this helps one to be very calm and composed and patient mm-hmm. and working toward collaboration when trying to find solutions to problems. Yeah. And, and I like how you say that because... Um, there are many moments, like even the the minute details, like feeding the five thousand. He didn't have to, but Jesus does that. He he takes care of the little things as well, right? Hmm. That is right. Yeah, being attentive to the details of situations, and that the small details matter, and being able to notice these things. This is what a real servant does. Yeah. Even like. The Blessed Mother Mary at the wedding feast, she's the one who who notices they're running out of of wine here and goes to her son. And uh, and he he does something about it. Yeah. And I think in a way, Mary is like also a perfect example of a servant, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mary, so much of what she does is hidden. Mm. Uh, There's not a lot of pomp and circumstance. Like the salvation of the world is being accomplished through this, this lowly woman counted among the Anavim, the poor yeah. of the Hebrew people. And yet she's so faithful in all the little things. And because of this, salvation enters the world. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a chance uh, last year to visit uh, Israel. And the house that she came from is is really poor. I mean, the, the, the entire house, the entire home is as big as what we would call, uh, you know, the front patio in some people's homes. And and we sometimes have wow. such big egos about, you know, uh, uh, the things we possess and in and, and our lives um, and the accomplishments we have. So how do we deal with our own ego when, you know, our ego gets in the way and we want to be in the limelight and we want to be ahead and we want to look good? Uh, how do we deal with that? <laughs> Yeah, the the ego is a great enigma. Each of us is one. So that word ego coming from the Latin ego, meaning I. Mm. Uh, I think first we have to realize that the ego is part of a greater whole. Mm. We don't want to uh, fall prey to the illusion that the ego is everything. Mm. Uh, So there is my ego, yes, but there also is the other person who faces me. Mm -hmm. 
an alter ego, a different ego, uh, someone else. So my ego is part of a greater whole. And second, serving the other requires a decentering of the ego. So every time we genuinely serve another person, the ego is being displaced, dispossessed, decentered. Mm-hmm. And this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Even we could say disoriented away from its self-serving self. In serving someone else, I confess that I am not at the center of the universe after mm-hmm. all. And finally, we might say that an exodus of the ego from itself, the ego taking leave of itself, depends on a cause not its own, namely the elsewhere of divine grace. Only God's grace can empower us to live in such a way that we could not achieve on our own. Mm -hmm. The ego must surrender to the agency of grace and the ethical exigencies of responsibility for the other, in order to become its true self, precisely through forgetting itself. Okay. So what are some practical ways? Now, there are lots of ways that people say, oh, I want to be a servant. I want to serve in the church. Um, So what are some practical ways people can actually be a servant, uh, be a servant leader in the church, but uh, start with these qualities? You know, what are the small ways that they can do these things? And and not just... um, saying I'll do this, but I don't want to be inconvenienced or I'll do this, but you know, whenever I have the time. Uh, so just give us some practical ideas that people can genuinely serve in the church. Oh, for sure. I think one thing is to do what is below you. Mm-hmm. So for an ego to think of what, what do I think is below me? What do I think is too menial for me to do? And to do precisely that. Do mm-hmm. what is below you. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it won't be below you <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Saint mm-hmm. Mother Teresa, yeah. was was famous for saying, do small things with yeah. great love. Yeah. I really like that saying a lot. It's very uh, beautiful and even paradoxical to do small things, small hidden tasks mm-hmm. with great love, such as enjoying working with your hands. Mm-hmm. All of those hidden tasks of practical life. Yeah. Sweeping, washing dishes, folding clothes, cleaning a room, preparing food, mm-hmm. preparing an environment of hospitality for guests. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of also St. Bernadette of Subaru, Mm-hmm. who said at the end of her life that she felt that she was like a broom and the Lord picked her up and did some work with her mm-hmm. and, you know, with the apparition of Our Lady of Lourdes and everything. And then and then the Lord put her back on, in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this is a servant. And it's delighting in the small, delighting in what is little, delighting in that which... One has to stoop down to recognize. Mm. Another thing is to try to communicate well with other people. I think we live in an era in which we can uh, hide away, we can insulate ourselves. Um, we, it's a cancel culture oftentimes. Yeah. And uh, and we can just like not feeling like communicating with someone. And so we don't, we don't respond 
um, we hide in our silence. But a servant leader communicates well, is very proactive in communicating, even tries to over-communicate so as to communicate adequately. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to reach out to people, even randomly, but regularly, letting people know that you're thinking about them, praying for them, asking how they're doing. And even a little communication goes a long way. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many ways to communicate these days through um, social media and text messaging, phone calls, emails, everything Mm -hmm. else. But to take advantage of all these places of communication, uh, just to reach out to someone, it can make a big difference in their life. Uh, Along with this, it has to do with how one carries oneself, being polite and professional. Being polite and professional, I think we can't say enough about this, you know, even within the church too, is, is, is when people encounter you, they know they're going to get a professional encounter. They know they're going to get someone with uh, who exhibits class, who exhibits a lot of virtue, who comes to them and is ready to serve them. They're not just trying to throw their, their power around in a place. And uh, I think of the fast food restaurant, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been to Chick-fil-A, you know, the people who work there are taught to say, my pleasure. Mm. And, and it is a real servant leader culture, I think, as far as I can tell. I've never worked there, but whenever I go to Chick-fil-A, I, I enjoy their food very much. Um, the, the people working there, when they say, my pleasure, I say, thank you. They say, my pleasure. It's really a nice phrase. <laughs> and to have phrases like that ready at hand to mm-hmm. help people feel at ease mm-hmm. and comfortable uh, and at home. Mm-hmm. And and just a couple more practical ways to be a servant, because I, I think the theoretical stuff is so good, but then I think everyone does wonder, well, how can I put this into practice? Yeah. Another way is observe people, observe mm-hmm. people all the way to the margins of society, mm-hmm. you know, especially people in poverty, people mm-hmm. with disabilities, yeah. children, disenfranchised people, people living as refugees, we have to ask who is in need and how can I help them? Mm-hmm. That's the thought process of a servant leader. And there's all kinds of ways to come to the assistance of another person in desperate need. A servant leader realizes too that sacrifice is indispensable mm-hmm. and the need to sacrifice comfort for serving the other in love even by praying for the other. Mm. This is to invert what we could call the Netflix lifestyle into an ethics lifestyle. Mm. <laughs> so often, you know, in the evening, we all have our routines and, and a lot of us are in front of screens. Sometimes uh, I go for walks in my neighborhood at night mm-hmm. and there's, you know, televisions on every house. Yeah. Every house, you know, <laughs> and it's like, wow, as human beings have become so dependent on screens and so glued to screens. And and so it's being able to peel away from the screen mm-hmm. and pray for someone. Yeah. Uh, live in constant solicitude for the other person who faces me. As Pope Francis said, let your heart be filled with faces and names. Yeah. And, and to opt for the in-person encounter. Mm-hmm. And to work to create an environment of encounter, a very personal encounter between people. 
through the COVID pandemic, I think uh, so many of us have become accustomed to doing things remote and yeah. uh, and through screens and everything. And there's a place for this for sure in our culture. But sometimes when we can meet in person to opt for that, I think that's what a servant leader does too. That was a big thing for Robert K. Greenleaf, this, uh, what is called a ministry of presence mm-hmm. and, and knowing the importance of presence to be present to the other in person, in the flesh. And just one more point, uh, a servant leader, a practical tip is to practice listening well. There's mm-hmm. a really good book by a woman named Anne Garrido, G-A-R-R-I-D-O, mm-hmm. called uh, Redeeming Conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's a short book, a very good read. And, and in this, she talks about the importance of listening, listening mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. moving from a place of of kind of um, listening that is defensive or listening that is critical and then not listening at all to toward listening with for emotion, listening for emotion in the other person, listen with empathy to the other person, listen so as to understand the other person and what they are thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. So these I would name as among the the practical tips of mm-hmm. a point about being a servant, something that uh, someone who's serious about servant leadership knows they have to always be working on more and more. Well, I love that, Donald. In fact, I actually absolutely love your your statement of from Netflix to ethics. So that that's going to stick with me a long time. But these are great, <laughs> fantastic points. Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you, I mean, for sharing all of this. And, um, you know, if people want to get in touch with you, they want to read more of your books, uh, they want to speak to you online, where can they find you? Yes, I would say the best place is through this online ministry called My Interior Castle. And the website is myinteriorcastle.com. It was something that actually put together with my 14-year-old son, Mm-hmm. Uh, Callum, um, last May, we started uh, putting this online apostolate together as mm-hmm. a way to offer mini courses that deals with the contemplative life. Mm-hmm. And the centerpiece of these mini courses is they're all self-paced. So mm-hmm. someone could start the course anytime and go at their own pace. Mm-hmm. But I do have one that's 14 weeks worth of videos and questions and discussion board and resources on Mm -hmm. the interior castle of St. Teresa of Avila. That's Mm -hmm. really the centerpiece of the site. And then I have other courses, uh, the Dark Night of the Soul, St. John of the Cross, Mm -hmm. uh, Lexio Divina, the Art of Praying with Scripture, stuff on exorcism and deliverance, Mm -hmm. um, a whole variety of things there. I also have a, a podcast Mm-hmm. called um not to compete with christian circle podcast <laughs> uh, but to complement it <laughs> the name of my podcast is catholic fragments podcast so mm-hmm. i'm up to about 36 episodes now mm-hmm. uh, which also you know started this past year so i try to do one a week mm-hmm. um on a variety of, of topics in catholic theology and so if someone wanted to contact me, uh, they definitely can can go on myinteriorcastle.com and find my my email, even phone number there. Uh, and I'd love to hear from anyone. Okay, anytime. 
Yeah, great, great. Thank you so much, Donald, for joining us on the first podcast of this year. Uh, I want to wish you, your ministry, and everybody listening to us a happy new year. Uh, thank you once again. My pleasure, Pamela. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great honor.